0: Welcome back to another episode of the Test Studio Times podcast with your hosts, Sam Ostry and Ben Dixon. It's March 7th, Tuesday, March 7th. The Big Ten tournament starts tomorrow. We're going to give you a full Big Ten tournament preview. Of course, we're going to talk about Maryland's potential matchups and, and their path ahead. Um, but We're going to give you a full Big Ten tournament preview, breaking down every single team season and every single game. And we'll give you our predictions. So we're excited about that. But before we get into that, Ben, we have to talk about this season finale at Penn State.
1: Yeah, uh, certainly an interesting one. Um, and Sam, also take take the reins here since you got a little discussed, distracted. Uh, how are you? How how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I forgot our greetings that we usually yeah. start with. Yeah, of course. I'm doing well. I see you every day, so it's sometimes yeah. like <laughs> I don't need to ask how you are, but how yeah, true, I'm, true, Well, true. How are you?
1: Very true. Very true. <laughs> doing great. Um, yeah that uh that Penn State game was a uh, debacle. It was you know one of Kevin Willard said today it was the worst loss of his head coaching career. He he did say that, correct? Okay. You did say that. Yeah. It's really it, it was brutal. I mean, guys yelling at each other post game in the locker room. It, it was a really bad loss. Maryland was in control, especially just considering the circumstances of how Maryland has played on the road this season. A brutal road team all season long, one and eight in the Big Ten on the road. Your only two road wins all season are against Minnesota and Louisville, two of the worst four or five teams in all power conference basketball. And it seems like you're exhausting those woes. You go up 16, add Penn State, all for it to, you know. Come to a really really screeching halt, I think that's the way i'd i'd uh term it now uh in hindsight, really tough loss i know there's there's Maryland fans that still haven't gotten over it um It's probably gonna take a while to get over it, especially considering the way things panned out here if Maryland <laughs> beat Penn state um I believe that Maryland would have been the two seed in the big ten tournament um now the six. It's it just, just a really uh, tough loss. Don't want to get into it too much yet. Uh, what, what are your thoughts here? I mean, it, it was brutal. It, it was yeah, it's, brutal it's, like
0: it's devastating considering the circumstances because if they win that game, they're the 2 scene tournament. They're not playing on Thursday. They're playing on Friday with a not a much easier path, but you only have to win three games to win the Big Ten Championship. Now you have to win four straight days. So that Thursday or Friday thing is really difficult. I will be shocked if the winner of the Big Ten tournament is playing on Thursday. I just would be. It's really hard, especially in this conference where everyone's so even in a sense. No one's that much better than anyone else. It's really hard to win four games in four days in this conference. So it's that double bye was so important, and they had it right in front of them. It wasn't just that they were going in, and, and that was the circumstance where if they won that game, they were going to be the two seed, and if they if they lost, they ended up being the six seed. It's that they were up 16 with those circumstances. They were up 16 at one point in that game on the road. And that, that's the other thing that, you have a chance to change the narrative completely about your season of how you've handled road games because they've been so bad on the road all season. And for the most part, it was getting off to slow starts. It was bad first halves, but it completely flipped in in, in this game. They had a great – not they were down 7-2 early, I believe. Yeah, they were down 7-2 early, but then they had a great first half. They were up 35 to 22 at halftime. And a fella guard, if they take care of business in the first, in the second half, they finally found the rhythm on the road. They're shooting the ball well. Their offense is flowing. They're locked in defensively. They're, they're stopping one of the best three-point shooting teams in the entire country. Everything was clicking. And then the last, like, seven, eight minutes of the game, they just completely fell apart. They, they blew a huge lead. And, and not just that. They still had a chance to win late in the game. You have three players going up for a rebound, and it's just... It's in their hands. It's in Hakeem Hart's hand. It's in J- Jameer Young's hand for a second, and it's knocked out, and it's it falls right into the lap of Miles Dread. Oh, no, excuse me, of Christian um of uh, Winter. Winter. Yep. Um, yeah, or Cameron Winter. Excuse me, Cameron Winter, and and he just he just makes an easy lap that literally anyone could make because it fell right into his lap, and it was just everything about the circumstance of the game and then how it played out. It was it was a devastating loss, and yeah, it, it will haunt Maryland fans because. Maryland, Maryland hasn't won at Penn State since 2015. Like this was the year to do it. And they were going to change that uh change that tide and turn that tide under Kevin Willard because all those losses were Mark Turgeon before that, and they just couldn't do it.
1: Really couldn't. Um that Bryce Jordan Center has turned into not turned into it has been a house of horrors for the Maryland Terrapins men's basketball team, and there's certainly no doubt about that. Um I wanted to read a line just from my takeaways from that game. I said verbatim, if the Terps were able to get the job done and secure a top four seed, its previous eight road losses would have been forgiven. Even the February 19th breakdown in Nebraska and Wednesday's road loss at an underwhelming under 500 Ohio State team. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the vibe. I feel like you you alluded to it. It's like, look, you're one and eight in the Big Ten, but if you win the biggest one and you finish second in the Big Ten, none of it really matters anymore. However... Kind of just a a bigger you know picture. Look at everything. If you win two or th- of three of those games, Big Ten champion. Like it's that simple. Yeah. Our, not the two. Uh, excuse me. Maryland finished I think three games back of Purdue. But you're right. You're right in that mix. Like it's or, or four games back at Purdue. I think Purdue was fifteen and five. Maryland eleven and nine. But things things can go a little bit differently. Maybe you run away with second place. Think about some of those games.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's some of those games, too. Like, Of course, Penn State, devastating, losing on a buzzer beater. But Nebraska, that's a game that you – an overtime loss on the road. That's a game that you easily could have and probably should have won, and you were playing much better um, at times. What other game is there? Iowa was kind of a loss. Michigan State always felt like a loss. Purdue, Purdue, you weren't going to win that game, but they were certainly in it. Um, They had chances, and then early in the season, they were just atrocious on the road at Rutgers, at Michigan. But there were road games – that you could easily snag uh, late late in the season that felt like, all right, you, you're not only going to be the two seed, but you're going to be contention to win a Big Ten championship. And it changes so much that game too, because I don't know exactly when the ballots came out, but if Maryland was the two seed, is Kevin Willard like the coach of the year? Like how could you possibly give it to Chris Collins over Kevin Willard in, in year one? If if Kevin Willard, if he gets his team to be the two seed, obviously Northwestern ended up being the two seed and Maryland's the six. And it's a pretty big drop off, not in terms of games one, but in terms of, your rank in the standings Mm -hmm. but it's hard to imagine that you you would vote against Kevin Wilt in the coach of the year if somehow his team which isn't even his roster really is the two seed
1: yeah I don't know I mean maybe in that scenario Matt Painter would win too who knows I I think I think kind of on that debate real quick before we get back to this Penn State game like Chris Collins coach of the year like obviously did a great job with a roster that wasn't expected to do much but let's not forget like He's been at Northwestern forever since 2014. He took them the to their first tournament ever in 2017. Unbelievable accomplishment. Hasn't been able to build off of that until this year. Like, it's definitely well-deserved praise, but, you know, Northwestern also kept them, a lot, kept them around um, for a long time when people yeah, probably but, wanted to
0: make a change, too. But I would just push back and say it doesn't really matter the last seven, eight years. Of course. Like, for this, well, like, for when for you're talking the about coaching here, it's your coaching performance and how your team fared this season. And and he it was well-deserved because – I don't think he's a particularly great coach. I think he was going to get fired after the season if they didn't make it. And I don't think anyone thought they were going to make the tournament, but obviously they 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 bought in and, and they played exceptional ball all year and, and are, are going to the tournament number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. But I don't think um, when you're talking about the coach of the year, you should really factor in the last few years. It's strictly this season, which is why it was so impressive. what Willard did, too, because they were picked to finish close to last mm-hmm. in the Big Ten certainly weren't picked to make the tournament by anybody. And this wasn't even his real, his team. Like most of these players on the roster were already on the roster last season. So that's why it's so impressive for me. But of course that you have to win, beat Penn state to even be in that conversation. And they didn't.
1: Yeah. I also, I think kind of to your point, I definitely agree with you. Obviously independent events year by year. I think the narrative might be a little, you know, misconstrued for Willard. Like some of it I've been seeing is, yeah, well he inhabited a team with, you know, really good pieces in Hakeem Hart, Dante Scott, Julian Reese. Oh. Like, come on, like, like. No, what no he,
0: I he, haven't seen that anyway. Where have you seen that? <laughs> I saw,
1: I saw that in in an athletic article. I'm not exactly sure who wrote it. I've, that's, I've seen, n- that's I, I nonsense. Were, I've I've seen people float that the the people float that take around. That's I don't know.
0: that's ridiculous. He, I mean, they were picked to finish tenth for reasons because he built he built the
1: conference. He, he also, built the team. Oh, excuse me.
0: Yeah, and he built a team, and you know. Willard got lucky in a sense because nobody, including him thought Jameer young would be, would be what Jameer young is. And speaking of him, it was today it was announced that he was all big Ten second team and we don't have to have this debate. He easily could have been, uh, he easily could have been a first-team selection for the coaches. Terrence Shannon Jr. got the nod over him. And for the Ill one, Boo Booey from Northwestern got the nod over him. Easily could make the argument that it should have been Jameer Young. But nonetheless, second-team selection is incredibly impressive. And, and I don't think anyone expected him to be as good as he is. So that's – that to, to the, whoever wrote that article's point, that kind of helps them out is that Willard did did get some help with his personnel, but of course he brought Jameer Young in. The pieces that were in place already were not pieces that you thought would would take your team to the next level, including Julian Reese, who had an up and down freshman year campaign. They've done a phenomenal job with him as the year got, has gone on, and he was an honorable mention guy.
1: So that's that's ridiculous.
0: I haven't seen that notion anywhere, and whoever wrote that is just has not been paying attention.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know if it was exactly from the Athletic, might have been CBS. I saw it somewhere there. Like I can guarantee you that, but um. Yeah, to to your initial point, I think if Maryland wins that game, I'm not sure when the ballots are due, but I think you know if Maryland's second and projected tenth, and Willard takes that team to finish second in his first year, I think he, at least in my book, would have been the no doubt Big Ten coach of the year. But I, oh. I also I also think Matt Painter had a case though too, just given the fact that Purdue wasn't they ranked weren't. preseason and, yeah. you know, and I mean also no one expected Zach Eadie to be the best player in the country either. Um, obviously, he's been very improved, but I I wouldn't have had a problem with with. Uh, the award going in his direction either yeah
0: so uh, just a few nuts and bolts from this game jameer young was phenomenal he, again he did everything he possibly could have done uh to, to will this team to victory he had 26 points three for shooting from three eight rebounds he was the leading rebounder for maryland which as the point guard is just always incredibly impressive don Carey had another solid showing which, which he's been shooting the ball much better. And if he continues that, just will really help this Maryland team. And same with Ian Martinez off the bench. He was 3-4 for from three. But what was impressive about Don Carey particularly was he was 1-4 from, from three, but all of his buckets came from other ways. He was 5-11 for 11 from the field, which means that he was let me do my quick math here, which means he was four for seven on twos, which is really rare for him because he rarely gets the basket for most of the season. He's not shoot, He wasn't shooting a lot of mid ranges at a high rate earlier in this season. So for him to get buckets, yeah. not relying on the three point ball, that's really will be key for them going forward. I don't know if that's going to continue how much it will, but that that's pretty big for them. But the negative side is it Is Hakeem Hard and Dante Scott both really struggled? And this is becoming a routine thing for Dante Scott playing on the road where he's just has he hasn't been aggressive. He hasn't been good. He's not finding his shots. You know, we know his bread and butter is getting the ball in the mid post and the low post and hitting those hook shots and, and going to work and getting mismatches through off ball screens, but also through the pick and roll, where he is getting taking advantage of smaller defenders. And Penn State is not a big interior team. So I kind of expected Dante Scott to come into this matchup and dominate it. Getting a lot of those mid-post, low-post touches, but he was bad. He was he had one point off a of free throw. He didn't make a single field goal game. Oh for five um, from the field. We talked about the Nebraska game being his worst game of the year, but at least he had a field goal in that game. He was yeah. he was, he was oh for five from the field with zero field goals made. This was probably the worst game he's played in the Maryland uniform and. It's becoming a problem because he's just been so inconsistent as a scorer. And this team, if they're going to make a run in this Big Ten tournament or in March in the NCAA tournament, they're going to need to rely on Dante Scott. And he's just been horrible. Like, There's no other way to put it. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. And then I want to get into something Willard said in a minute because I have some some, inf- some stats here on Dante Scott. But go go ahead first.
1: Yeah, I just want to get back to, you know, back up my my take earlier. It was a Brendan Quinn mailbag, Big Ten. Um, he said Maryland should be celebrated for it. Uh, he said, you know, return Dante Scott, Akeem Hart, Julian Reese, brought in a big-time transfer in Jameer Young. I don't think anyone thought Jameer Young was too big-time at that time. Um, but he did say uh, success wasn't too far-fetched. He picked Maryland sixth in the preseason. So credit to Brendan Quinn. I mean, he was exactly right there. Um, but I think the uh, overwhelming, you know, Wide perception from the media did not align with that. But back to your point about Dante Scott, sorry to go on a tangent there. Yeah, it, it was it was really bad. Um, I would argue that that game was probably worse than Nebraska. I mean, they were both really bad. Like I'm, I'm I don't know, the one for sixteen compared to for five. I mean, they, I'm, I'm not really, you know, think one performance will should be rewarded over the other. Um, he just looked like a non-factor out there, Sam. It, it's really frustrating, especially on the road where Maryland has struggled so much. He's a senior; he's a fourth-year player. Maryland needed him, Hakeem, to give just a little something, a little bit of something on Sunday, and they would have gotten over the hump and gotten that second road win of the Big Ten season, their first Big Ten road win, not named Minnesota. It would have been big. Um, it was really frustrating. Um, for you know to see Dante Scott struggle like that, just because. And with him, there's sometimes where you see, you know, his success be at an amazingly high level and his motor and his effort being at the highest of levels. And I'm not going to get on for him for that because I wasn't in person, didn't have the, the best, you know, point of view from that standpoint at Penn State. But it was certainly disappointing. 0 for 5, 1 point. You're playing 32 minutes. You can't have a 42 offensive reading on Kempom. I mean, that was... He Had that same rating against Michigan, um, and 38 against Nebraska. So one of his three worst offensive games of the season, um, and I think of his career too. It, it was it was frustrating, and I think for both he and Hakeem, um, you just you come to expect more at this point, and if you don't get it, it's almost like, it was amazing they were in that game without them. You know, I, it, they it were was, and- it was tough to swallow
0: and i'm not too worried about hakeem hart i am a little worried more about hakeem hart's shooting splits away from home cuz he's been much better as a three point shooter at home than on the road and obviously the rest of the games aren't aren't quite as ro- on the road but they're not being played in the xfinity center um, so that, that worries me a little bit, but I'm not too worried about Hakeem Hart's lack of aggression in that game. I I, I still trust him more more and his consistency more than I would trust Dante Scott because there's sometimes Dante Scott just looks like he doesn't even want to be out there. And you know, it's similar to the feel of how last season ended, where there was a bunch of games down the stretch of last season where last season was more defensively, where he was, there was a lot of lapses and he didn't look like he wanted to be out there. But but it's almost looks like at this season when but this season they've so much to play for. Last season it was like, all right, it was a dud of a season. It was you couldn't blame him for that necessarily but this season as as the as it's come down the stretch he it's a similar feel where he just isn't especially offensively isn't aggressive but here's what i want to say um defensively because i do think he's a much improved defense defender than last season he's way more locked in on defense but when you ask willard about like what's going on with dante scott as a scorer, um like what can you do to get him more opportunities he kind of deflects and says You know, like he's been so good on defense for us. He's been one of our, he's been our best defender. He says all this stuff about how great he's been on defense. He's expending so much energy on defense. He plays so hard. I had to, I had to check him. I had to check. We left that press conference today, Ben, and I went to my good friend Synergy and it's just not true. He does not grade as a very good defender. In fact, he grades as an average defender. Jameer Young grades as an excellent defender on Synergy. Um, Hakeem Hart grades as a very good defender on on synergy. Um, you know Maryland has a lot of players that are grading way higher than Dante Scott on synergy. He's in the 45th percentile in terms of point points per possession rank defensively, and it, that grades his average. And I watched some of these clips, and there are still lapses um of of him on defense where, just in the Penn State game, you know he closed out. Um, it was kind of a tough closeout, but he closed out on Penn State perimeter guy and he just drove right by baseline for an easy basket there was another time where he was kind of he wasn't sure if he was he was kind of in no man's land where he wasn't sure if he was going to help on the drive or or help on the or stay home on the shooter in the corner and he kind of like was in no caught in no man's land the um penn state guard drive kicked to the corner three there was a bunch of plays that you just saw where it was like is he playing that hard like like is, is he playing um, is he their best defender? Like, not really close. And like Synergy agrees with it. Like that's not really what the numbers say on Synergy. And I'm not gonna um pretend to know that I know exactly what goes into these numbers of how Synergy grades defenders and grades offensive possessions, but Hakeem Hart's much graded much better. Jameer Young graded much better. He grades as an average defender on synergy.
1: Yeah, um I'm happy you brought those stats to light. Um I don't have the access to uh, your good friend Synergy over there, so I'm happy you could let the viewers know because I'm sure they do not as well, Um, but obviously a useful tool there. And and look, I, I think for Dante... There's like you said, Sam, it, it kind of varies like home and road and, and you know, game by game. Some games he looks like the most locked in, most bought in defender you've ever seen. And you can see his athleticism. You can see he lost, you know, 9% body fat and he's making a real big difference on the defensive end. There's other times where it, it's I don't want to say, you know, this he looks disinterested out there, but it, it's it's tough you don't you don't see the same buy-in and you don't see you don't feel the same impact on the game that you will when his best moments are at his best um maybe synergy has him quietly you know impacting the games in other ways but i I think average is the way to put it because he's he's grown um he's definitely grown as a defender but look to say like he doesn't get the credit he deserves on the defensive end he's not one of your team's top three defenders and and i i I think he's a good defender like i would say he's a good defender and he has
0: been from for most of the season but it's not an excuse to to say he's been bad offensively and, he, and he's tired offensively but because he's playing so hard on defense and and such a great defender that's just not an excuse for for you know, his lack of offense production and the reality is if this team is gonna make a run. They need their second best player because he still is their second best player. I don't want to hear like Hakeem Hart, Don Carey, Ian Martinez, Julian Reese, whatever. Like like Jameer Young's the best player on the team, no doubt. And Dante Scott is still the second best player on the team. He's just in a slump, especially on the road. But if if this team is gonna make a run in either tournament, he needs to play like the second best player. And and it's a huge mystery, if you will, which is why it's kind of hard to predict uh where this team goes from here.
1: No doubt. Um, we will see. And, and I think I'm with you on Hakeem. Um, obviously tough game, Penn State, one for five from three. It was over three against Ohio State too. those road home shooting splits are really, you know, concerning. But he also did have that stretch of five straight games where he hit at least two threes. I think his shooting is going to be key, especially now that Don's playing better. Um, but you're going to need the intangibles for him, too. You're going to need more than three points. Uh, you're going to need probably more than two assists when he's only scoring three points because he's shown how, Lethal he can be as a, uh, you know, facilitator. Um, but I, I'd agree. I think the concern level and maybe the level of urgency is definitely higher than Dante Scott. Um, if he's not the second best player, he's the second most important, I think, considering the volume he plays and, you know, his game as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that front. Yeah, without a doubt.
0: All right. Let's, um as we normally do, we went we went a little long on Maryland's games. We still have an entire Big Ten uh, tournament preview to get to. So let's go through these games. We're gonna go one by one through these games. I guess we'll give a prediction at the end, see how this bracket plays out. Of course, we're gonna we got to Maryland's matchup, potential matchup with Minnesota, and Nebraska. But let's start with Ohio State, Wisconsin. Two teams that are playing on the Wednesday that a lot of people pick to be in contention to win the Big Ten at the start of the season. Obviously, they had very disappointing seasons. Um, you know Ohio State especially is Zed Key with their starting center. He's out for the season. He had shoulder surgery last Thursday, I believe um they had a stretch where they lost 14 of 15 games. Um that that's it was just really bad and of course Maryland beat them at home but lost them on the road. They they really aren't playing for anything. They're playing like they have nothing to lose. They're 5 they were 5 and 15 in the Big 10 this year. But then on the flip side Wisconsin, they're 9 and 11 in the Big 10 this year and 9 11 this season because there were so many good or average teams earned them the 12 seed. But they're still somehow in contention to win uh, or excuse me, to make the NCA tournament, it ha- they have to beat Ohio State. There's no doubt about that. But if they do beat Ohio State and make maybe win more one more game, they would probably be on the right side of the bubble come selection Sunday. What do you make of this matchup, and who do you got?
1: Yeah, it's it's really weird to me. Wisconsin, um, their metrics are terrible. 72 Ken Palm, 78 in the net. Um, almost always that'll keep you out of the tournament. However. They have, they're 6-7 in quad one, 11-12 in the first two quadrants. Like They have some really good wins. Like They beat a Marquette team on the road. That victory is aging really well. Like Connor Season is a good freshman. I'm not the biggest Chucky e. Hepburn guy. He can explode, but obviously inefficient. Um, Sam, Wisconsin, they're the second team at right now for Joe Lenardi. They have not won two straight games. They haven't been able to stack games since their winning stretch from December 3rd to January 3rd. They didn't lose a game from that stretch since then. They have yet to win two games in a row. Yeah, that's the, I last, mean, that's the last two plus months. Keep them out of the tournament. I, 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 I get the resume. I get the wins. How do you look at this team right now and say they're good enough to make the tournament when they're not I able think, to stack wins at all?
0: No, you're right. You're right, and that that's definitely a um a negative in terms of the tournament resume. But I also think you have to take an account of how difficult it is to win consistently in the Big Ten. Like, yeah, Maryland went on a little four-game winning streak at one point. Obviously, Purdue had a bunch of winning streaks. But there were there really that many winning streaks? Or, or Indiana had a four- or five-game winning streak, too. Were there really that many winning streaks in the Big Ten this year? Like, it's so hard to stack those wins consistently in the Big Ten. And the records show that. They're only 9-11. Um, I-, I do agree that they should be on the wrong side of the bubble, and they would have to make a run. They would have to win two, two games this, this week to make the tournament, which would be Wednesday and Thursday. If they don't, if they beat Ohio State and then lose the next round, I don't think they're in the tournament. They don't deserve to be. You don't need to throw another big, mediocre Big Ten team in there that's just going to lose in the first or second round. Um, But I still think Wisconsin wins this game. I don't think that's going to get them in the tournament, but I think Wisconsin wins this game. I know Ken Palm has the prediction: at Ohio State sixty-seven, Wisconsin sixty-six. I just think Wisconsin is the more desperate team, and Mm -hmm. and I still, I also think they're the more talented team, especially without Zed Key on a neutral site. Like the more desperate team, the more talented team. Give me that team. I think Wisconsin wins this game.
1: Yeah, right now. Also, the the line is out. Ohio State's favored by one. So following that Kempon lo- line. line, um, I'm with Wisconsin. I'm on Wisconsin as well here. Um, look, Ohio State obviously playing with house money. That's the most dangerous team they have. Um, they're also going to be playing for their coach, Chris Holtman. Um, side note, I think it'd be a bad move if Ohio State fired him. I'm not sure. I don't think they will. I don't think they will either. And I, I you know, it's a football school. Basketball comes second. Um, there's obviously been winning at that school with Thad Mata. Um, but, but Chris it, Holtman is almost a, a consistent cog in the state. He NCAA gets, yeah, he you gets the tournament every
0: single year. And you have one bad season. It happens. There's, yeah. there's circumstances, there's injuries. It, it happens. I don't I don't think they will. And I think it would be a dumb move to follow.
1: I'm out. totally with you. I've tweeted about it at least once. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think Wisconsin wins this game they they're able to muck it up greg guard knows how important it is players know how important it is experienced team you know with wall uh corral Hepburn, guys have all been there before and i'm excited to see you know connor siegen in, in his first march maybe if wisconsin wins a game and gets to another he seems like a name you know to remember at the big 10 tournament i like wisconsin by uh five or six uh in a low scoring game
0: yeah all right that's fair i think i got wisconsin by three um all right, let's go to the next game, the other Wednesday game, which is the first round of the tournament. There's only four teams playing, and this this is the game that matters for, for Maryland fans out there because the, w- the winner of this game will play Maryland on Thursday. Number 14 seed, last place, Minnesota, versus number 11 seed, Nebraska. This Nebraska team beat Maryland pretty recently. It was at Nebraska. It was an overtime game, but this Nebraska team's playing pretty good ball. I mean, they started out the season – with a depleted, not start out the season, but in the Big Ten play, as, as it went on, they we had a depleted roster. They really were playing. Um, they were really struggling to to put consistent wins together. They were struggling to even compete in a lot of their Big Ten games. But they've won five of the last six games. Like that, that's really impressive. Um, for this group, and credit to Fred Hoiberg who has been all around the NBA and all around college basketball. But he took this job, and, and it seemed like he was going nowhere with it. And somehow in the last two months, he's, he's turned this program around where you do not want to see this team right now. No. Um, and I know I know Maryland would rather not play them, uh, but they're going to have to. I don't see there's any way. Minnesota's just a horrible basketball team. They're barely a power five team to me. I don't see there's any way that Nebraska uh, loses this game.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. Nebraska is playing some really good basketball. Five of their last six. Um, Tominaga is—he's just a stud. I mean, look—you look how Maryland defended him in the Nebraska game. It's basically all the only way to defend him is to chase him around the perimeter and get him off the line. And it seems like no one can make it work. Um, he's shooting over forty percent from deep. I think Derek Walker. Um, obviously the 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 coaches were high on him. He was second team All Big Ten as a center. I think an underrated big uh, physical guy. Um, you know, can can change the course of a game down there as well, especially if you know guys like Tominaga are knocking down threes. I think Nebraska wins this one-handedly. Um, I think they're playing really well, really good basketball. I, I got in Nebraska by ten in this game in Chicago. Is that, yeah, that's, that's fair assessment I, there. Yeah,
0: I mean Minnesota has
1: been competing
0: more recent games. They almost who they almost knock off the last game of the season, Michigan Wisconsin. State. Oh, was it Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, they almost they almost beat Wisconsin. I pretty, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're Lost right. Lost by right, four yeah. at home to Wisconsin, and then yeah, they beat yeah, Rockers. Yeah, yeah. They beat Rockers too. So, we'll, so they've been. Competing. We'll get into, but.
0: Yeah, so they've been competing more, but I still this team is just really bad. Um, you know their season ends on Wednesday. I don't see there's any way they beat Wisconsin, uh, Nebraska, and so I think it'll be Nebraska, Maryland on that Thursday night game, and I think Nebraska wins this Minnesota game eight to ten um i'll say nebraska by nine
1: yeah nebraska's favored by six in that line so tuesday night those those lines are out um ohio state by one nebraska by six not not much intrigue in, in that game sam though i will say other than yeah, Maryland playing the,
0: other, yeah other, other than the maryland's scouts and players and coaches i don't really see too many people tuning in um all right let's go to the thursday games it's going to be a packed packed day thursday maryland's going to play the last game of the day But let's start with Rutgers-Michigan to open the day 11 a.m. Central Time in Chicago on Thursday. Uh, This Rutgers team, people thought in the beginning of the season when Maryland, not in the beginning of the season, really in mid-January, even when Maryland faced them. Maryland faced them at Rutgers. This team felt like they could win the Big Ten at that point in the regular season and the tournament. But they've completely fallen off. I mean, uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong like I do every show, but Moat Mag. um,
1: (laughs) Moat Mag, you're there. there.
0: Moat Mag. Um, he since he, he tore his ACL in the beginning of February, and they two and six since he tore, Yeah, huge loss for them. They're still a very sound defensive team. I I trust them defensively, and that's going to matter, especially on a neutral court. But this Rutgers team just can't score the ball. They just can't, and they're they're really bad. They're they've been playing really poor ball, and it's just like you want to play your best ball late February, early March, and they're playing their worst basketball of the season this time of year. And of course, it has a lot to do with Mag's injury. Um, the right now they're on the bubble, so this is a really important. This is a bubble matchup. It, it's it's Rutgers Michigan, where it's the same thing with Michigan. Um, this Michigan team needs to win this game. They've been so up and down all season, so inconsistent. Have some really quality wins. They're five and two in quad two, but three and eleven in in quad one, and of course they lost to Central Michigan earlier this year, which was a quad four loss. They've had some crazy games recently that have come down to the wire, including their last game at. Indiana? Yeah.
1: It was at Indiana where they lost. Yeah. Was that an overtime or that was just a regular uh, um they were both overtime games. That Illinois yeah. game, double overtime, and then uh and Indiana. Yeah, but and, and then they team. also
0: and then they also beat Wisconsin in in a crazy, crazy game as well. Um against Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Was that last last Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, so three, that was a crazy. three game.
1: overtime games in a row for him.
0: Yeah, so that was a crazy game too. I just – I don't trust either of these teams. This is such a toss for me because both these teams are on the bubble. They both need to win. The loser of this this game, I think, is going home and not making the NCAA tournament. But this is just such a toss-up. I'm leaning Michigan. Michigan has been inconsistent, but Rutgers are just playing poor basketball right now all around. So I'm leaning Michigan, but I think it's going to be a really close game and such a toss-up to me. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think just for some context here, Rutgers, second-to-last team in right now for Joe Lenardi. Michigan fifth team out for Joe Lenardi, so it does feel like an elimination game and one of of the sorts where the winner's not guaranteed to get in. Maybe if Rutgers wins, they'll secure that spot. Um, certainly not Michigan; they might have to win one more as well. Right, but I
0: think the lose the losers definitely. Out. The losers
1: out. I I agree with you, especially especially if Rutgers loses this game, like two and seven since the Mag injury, like losing losing games. You lost to Minnesota. Like, what are we doing here? Like, obviously that team is not good. But on the flip side of that. With Michigan, people are saying online like I saw John Rothstein say on TV like Michigan took Illinois and Indiana in overtime on the road, and because of that, they showed they're competitive and they should be in the NCAA tournament. Wrong. This team lost to Central Michigan. This team is three and eleven in quad one, five and two in quad two. So it combined, what eight and thirteen in the first two quadrants? Not great, but you know, acceptable. There's there's teams with resumes that aren't that good this year that are going to make the tournament. Look, we're not giving out participation trophies. If Michigan was in pr- uh position to win both of those games. At Illinois, Michigan was up 7 in overtime, I believe, with about a minute or so left and they choked. Michigan and Indiana, Michigan was controlling that game for a very large part of it. Um and then Indiana came back at the end there, uh, outscored them 20 to 10 in the final 10 minutes. Like what are we doing here with both of these teams is kind of my message. Um I do like Michigan. I think they're playing really good basketball. I think oh obviously you know what you're getting with Dickinson. Jet Howard's been a star freshman. Kobe Buffkin's turning into, you know, a star of sorts. I think if he comes back for his junior year next year, he could be one of the best players in the Big Ten. But like, come on. Like I I I I think both of these teams is just like, what are we doing here? But however, it is a bubble game. Um, it speaks to I think the weakness of of the bubble this year. I, I know that's a cliche, but you know we got we got middling Big Ten teams on the bubble this year. Feels like another uh, year where ten Big Ten teams get in and another them get to the second weekend. However, um, I, I'm I'm a sucker for like the Michigan like, just the aura of Michigan in March. Um, it just feels like they have they have a run in them every year. I think Michigan's going to beat Rutgers, um, and then they'll obviously I think they'll compete with Purdue. Not sure what happens there. I think Michigan wins this one, um, by three or four points. Should be a good game. Might be an ugly game. Should be close though. My
0: takeaway from that is Ben Dixon anti participation trophy.
1: No, I like look. I, <laughs> if if we're talking little league, like participation trophy, like here or there, never gonna hurt anyone. But like that's it's it's you know very similar energy here with you know Rockers who's yeah and Michigan who's just you know had every chance to get themselves in the field and they they just keep losing. Close no,
0: game. I'm I'm kidding. I agree. Like let's leave. Like guess, someone who's watched so many Big Ten games this season let's put as little let's put as few teams as possible from the big Ten in the tournament nobody needs to watch these mediocre teams in the tournament just nobody needs to like Rutgers should not make the tournament they've been like the committee should value how you're playing this time of year and yeah they suffered an injury it was a huge injury but you're playing your worst basketball this time of year leave them out especially when they lose to Michigan they will be same thing with Michigan like you don't need 10 nine teams in the big Ten in you know last year I I, I thought it was a good idea because I thought the Big Ten was the best conference in basketball last year. There is no argument to be made that the Big Ten is the best conference, even close to it this season. Um, I'm putting the SEC, I'm putting the Big 12 over it. Maybe even the Big East, you can make an argument, especially at the top. With that being said, like, Let's just leave. Like, let's get as few teams as possible from the Big Ten in this tournament because they don't deserve it. Just because they're all ten and ten and have some uh, some quality wins because they beat some of the teams at the top of this conference because it's really hard to win in this conference consistently and win on the road in this conference. Like, that doesn't mean you deserve uh, to, to make the tournament in the field of sixty sixty eight 68 as an outlaw at large bit. Like, let's leave these teams out of the tournament that are 10 and 10 in conference play in a mediocre conference. We're not talking about 10 and 10 in Big Ten play last year, even when it was a much better conference. Like, this is a mediocre conference this season. There's no reason to put all these teams in it. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. This is a bubble. This is a bubble matchup. The loser is out. The winner, if it's Rutgers, they're probably in um if it's michigan they might have to do a little more i don't know but for this game i think michigan wins
1: i'm i'm with you here um and the big 10 look not as good as last year still somehow the the second best conference in ken Palm maybe just speaks to the overall believe, well, know, who's
0: number one big 12 obviously big 12 by um, sec is a better conference.
1: big 12 by quite a far yeah. margin yeah and they deserve um,
0: that this season big sec is a better conference this season especially at the top and Big and the East, Big East, and at the at the top, Big East is. A, like you could say the the depth of the Big Ten, of course, the depth of the Big Twelve this year is phenomenal. But the depth of the Big Ten is probably you see or the or the um the Big East. But like I, when you're talking about the best teams in this conference, there's nobody that's that that much better than anyone else, and that dynamic does exist in the Big East and in the in the sec. So uh, this conference this year has been, has been really poor. And I defended this conference vigorously last season against, against yeah. a lot of people that the big 10 was the best conference in college basketball last season. And you, it's hard to defend this conference. Cause then everyone just March happens and everyone's like, Oh, told you, told you I'm done defending this conference. <laughs> yeah, um, I, oh, oh, wait, yeah. And, 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 and no, no open locker room access. The only conference that doesn't give open locker room access um, for the, for their conference tournaments. So yeah, I'm definitely done defending this conference yeah come on that's a joke
1: but uh yeah big 10 90 of 137 games this year uh we're one at home um and i don't know if, i I, th- I think there's some home cooking with the refs there as well and i i think that also helps kind of bring together this whole you know deep conference which is conference is deep and there's good teams but i don't know if we'd be talking about you know teams like wisconsin in the picture in years past but let's let's move on from this one i, I think we're uh We both had to get a little something out there, and uh, I think we're both on on Michigan to win this game against Rutgers. All right, so the next matchup
0: is Iowa, and they'll play the winner of the the matchup we discussed earlier, Ohio State or Wisconsin. We both agreed that it's going to be Wisconsin, but either way, do you see any of those teams beating Iowa, or do you think Iowa advances to the quarterfinals?
1: Look, I don't. Kind of at first glance, um, I I like Iowa as a Big Ten tournament team. I picked them last year to win that tournament, and they did um, as the five-seed. Um, nice
0: flex nice flex
1: yeah by the way i don't know if that was on air but i think you can confirm that pick um we, we we talked about it previously maybe maybe not uh but, but I, I i i do remember it actually but yeah i just nice flex uh, thank you. Uh, But Iowa, look, I, I don't think they're going to win this tournament just because the, the draw, I, I don't think is in their favor this year, but I was one of the best offensive teams in the country. Number three in offensive efficiency for Ken Palm. Chris Murray is literally playing, you know, like Keegan never left. Um, He was first team coaches in media Uh, averages 21 and eight. Um, But they are, you know, stumbling just a little bit, three out of five, Um, really big home loss to Nebraska to close the season would have gotten the double bye. Um, if, if, iowa secured that win um so i'm a little bit wary on them now but however i i think their their offense is good enough to lead them on a run here like peyton sanford shooting 35 percent from three obviously iowa number three offense in the country like i just mentioned it's interesting I, I i think they have the offensive talent to keep winning um they play fast um average possession length of only 16 seconds on offense uh that's top 31 in the country um so I don't know. I, I think they have a chance. I think they'll win whoever they play, whether it's Ohio State or Wisconsin, because that game's a coin flip, according to Ken Palm in Las Vegas. Uh, but I like Iowa's offense. I think I think Iowa's built for, you know, the the tournament environment here in the Big Ten where it's, you know, four games in four days for them. I don't think they're gonna win the tournament, but I think I think they're built to at, at least win this game. And I think they're gonna beat either Ohio State or Wisconsin handily.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think i was just so gifted offensively i mean they just score at such a high rate they they love to push the ball and it's really hard to to contend with that especially over a tournament like period because they have fresh like legs i mean they don't they don't get tired and you saw it last year obviously it's different personnel but you saw it last year when they kind of just like rallied off those wins and their offense was so proficient in all those games um you know, I, I I see kind of something similar happening. This Iowa team could easily go on a run. I mean, nobody wants to face them because they're a defensive nightmare for anyone because they're so gifted offensively. Um, but they do struggle defensively. I could see them. I could. I think Wisconsin is going to give them a fit if Wisconsin beats Ohio State. I think Wisconsin is going to give them a fit. I do think they could be on upset wash, but I'm not going to pick against uh, this Iowa team in in the in the it would be the second round of the of the Big Ten tournament. So I got Iowa too.
1: Yep, I think. Uh, have we been on the same page with every pick this far? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's only been A little chalky. though. Ohio State's favorite, though, so we're 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 going we're going against the uh, going against the green there. With, yeah, right, we we'll well,
0: I I think we're gonna differ on this next one.
1: What what do, what do
0: we so, got? Right, so I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> so we got 10 seed Penn State um, against Illinois. Um, a side note about Penn State because we talked so much about Illinois excuse me, we've talked so much about Maryland in that matchup. Penn State lost four straight, I believe. It might have been five straight, but I think it was four straight, which culminated in a loss at Maryland. Um, And, you know, Shrewsbury was on the podium at Maryland here in front of us just just a few weeks ago. And he said, like, you know, everyone's counting us out right now. Like, we know that we are not going to quit. He really gave a passionate rant about that. Like, this team will not quit. We don't care that everyone doesn't believe in us. We don't care that people think we're out of it. And they vowed off. Five of their last last six games of the season, they won five of, the, out of their next six games to end the season. It was a phenomenal run that you know it it did feel like, especially even after they lost that Rutgers game. That's that's who they blew that lead to, correct?
1: Yeah, that was the uh, that was. That horrendous. was in the middle of
0: that six game streak. Well, no,
1: that was that was um, yeah, Rutgers. They, that. Right, at home. I I forgot who lead there, but I I remember watching that game. I was like, what the heck is happening here?
0: Yeah, they blew that lead to Rutgers, and they might have rallied off six straight if they won that game. But even after that, they don't quit. This was a team that was on the outside of the bubble for, for most of the season, but they really were right around that bubble. And to win five of your last six games to close the regular season, especially in the fashion in which they did, their last two games of the season, they hit a buzzer beater to beat Northwestern, and then they hit a buzzer beater to beat Maryland. Like, that's really impressive that this team has that much resolve and that much quit. I think, you know, we. Just, I just went on a rant about how leave all these Big Ten teams out of the tournament. This is a 10-10 and 10 team from the Big Ten that I think deserves to make the tournament. Because I think Shrewsbury has done such an amazing job with, with this program and, and getting them back into relevancy. And I think they deserve to make the tournament. I do think there's a chance they can make it, even losing this game to Illinois. But if they beat Illinois, there's no question about it. I do think this Penn State team is still desperate. That's kind of why I thought Penn State was going to beat Maryland, because this Penn State team was more desperate, because if they lost that Maryland game, their season was over. They weren't making the tournament. But the way they battled back, they were down 16. This team just does not quit. They're a phenomenal shooting team. What are they? The seventh best three-point shooting team in the entire country. Jalen Pickett's obviously their best players. First team, all Big Ten guy. They're so experienced. Um, You look at... You look at Lundy, you look at uh, Andrew Funk. All these guys are just are so experienced. They've been around for so long. And I think this is also the Penn State team that upset Purdue last year in shocking fashion at the Big Ten tournament. I think Penn State pulls off one more upset this season with this group, and I think they beat Illinois. An Illinois, an Illinois team that's very young. Like This is, Illinois team is very young. A lot of them have not been in these situations at the Big Ten tournament before playing in this environment on a neutral court. Ken Palm has Illinois 73, Penn State 70. I'm going to say Penn by four.
1: Yeah, um, I I like the Penn State team, to your point. I think Jalen Pickett, as good as, you know, Edie and Jackson Davis has been, is the most complete offensive player in this league in in terms of able to beat you from the perimeter, beat you inside to post up for a guy who's only 6'4". Really love his game. And obviously, you know, Penn State, uh, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the entire country. About half of their shots are threes too, so they can really hurt you when they're hot. Um, I'll talk about Illinois here because I do think Illinois is going to win this game. I, I don't know why. Um, Illinois is only 10, 2 and ten in quad one, made up for it in quad two, seven and one. They have no bad losses. You know that's a combined nine and eleven in quad one and two, no bad losses in this year. That's not even close. That's I mean that's a lock to the tournament no matter what. Part of me, uh, Brendan Quinn, uh, who we talked about his comments on Maryland earlier, wrote a great article on Illinois and how they can, you know, have this potential that's up here, but then have the, you know, the floor that's so low as well. Look, they beat UCLA and Texas. Like they have a lot of talent in terms of Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, but it's something this team is just so polarizing. Sometimes it feels like things aren't clicking. Like some of the post-game quotes from, you know, Brad Underwood or, or some of the players have been amazing. Matthew Meyer with his, you know, caffeine overdose, whatever he was saying there. Um, Illinois, also one of the best two-point shooting teams in the nation, 16th, one of the worst from deep 332nd, which isn't a great recipe for March. However, for some reason, I'm a sucker for their talent. I really like Terrence Shannon when he gets going. I'm a big fan of Matthew Meyer's shooting ability and his athleticism at kind of playing that stretch forward role, perhaps. Um, Dane Danger, best name in the sport, arguably. Um, I don't know. I, I I think Illinois gets it together a little bit here. Um, or it's going to be a really, really unsuccessful month. I, I like Illinois by one or two, so I think yeah, we'll I'm just taking there. the more
0: desperate. Like we talked about earlier, I'm taking the more desperate team and the more experienced team in this in the second round of the tournament in this type of setting. I'm really excited to watch this game. Really excited. That's going to be right before the Maryland game, so we're, of course we'll be in Chicago. Um, so I'm really excited to watch that game. But I got we this is our first disagreement. I got Penn State. You got Illinois advancing to the to the quarterfinals. All right, let's finish it up the second round with the game obviously everyone everyone's most who's listening to this is most interested in uh maryland is a six seed against what we believe will be nebraska but it could be minnesota as well do you see maryland getting upset we you know you don't want to play this nebraska teams they're they're playing some really good ball they're really hot but both times these team played it felt like maryland was just a better superior team even when they lost in overtime like Dante Scott was horrific that game. We talked about it, but a lot of the shots he was getting were makeable bunnies. Like he, the shots that he makes time and time again, get when he was getting to his spots, he just wasn't making them for whatever reason. Jameer Young didn't have his best game. I do think they'll do a much better job um against Tominaga. You know, he, he kind of went off, especially in the beginning of the game. I don't think they had a good game plan for him. Um, Julian Reese was in foul trouble a little bit. I just, I think things didn't go well for Maryland. It was a road matchup on a neutral court. I don't see Maryland losing to Nebraska. And if it's Minnesota, there's no way they're going to lose.
1: Yeah. um, I think Maryland's going to beat Nebraska. Uh, I I don't, I think Nebraska is going to be one of those situations where they beat, Nebraska beats Minnesota. Tominaga is a big game. People are like, oh, this kid's lethal from deep, could be a March hero, whatever. I I think the public's going to be all over Nebraska in this game. It's going to be a really trendy upset pick. I think Maryland is going to find a way, take care of business, You know, they've been right there on the road, and this is a different environment. It's a new year. I'm not even worried about those games. And I don't even think you could say they've been right there on the road after that collapse against Penn State. I don't even want to talk about that anymore um, because I was sick of that conversation. But however, uh, Maryland was good on neutral floors this year, two and one, uh, blew out the ACC champion in Miami, blew out St. Louis, which looked like a much better one at the time. They obviously had a down year, then only a three point loss to Tennessee after starting slow. I think Maryland gets stacked together on a neutral floor. Maryland is the better team than Nebraska. There's no doubting that. Um, and I think especially it's been so evident in these games. There's one thing um, who What was the guy's name. Wilhelm Brendenbach, the guy with the goggles who comes in. It's the biggest mismatch in college basketball history when he's on the floor. Cause Julian Reese was violating him. Like Maryland is the better team, the more talented team, the more athletic team. And, if Maryland has any business of having a successful month, even if Maryland loses to Indiana in the quarterfinals, you gotta win this game. You gotta take care of business.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing though, it's like this is it's not a road game, but you're going on the road. So it's like it's so hard to predict Maryland's success in this tournament because they've been so bad going on the road, but those are mostly true road games that they're playing in. When they're on a neutral court, yes, you have a very small sample size, but those that's also from November and early December. And in that December game at the Barclays Center, they got off to a horrible start. It kind of was a typical road game for them. So that's why it's so hard to predict Maryland's success in this tournament. Because, it's like, 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 is it the travel that affects them? Is it the, the, the routine when they're on the road? Or is it the hostile environments? Like, it's probably a combination of all of that. So it's so hard to predict what they're going to do. This is a late game. This is an 8 p.m. tip Chicago time, 9 p.m. tip eastern time. But Willard kind of talked about it as they played so many 9 p.m. tips. So they're kind of used to waiting around all day. Um and with all the games that they'll be able to watch throughout the day, I think it won't be too much of a problem. I don't really see um Maryland losing this game.
1: I don't think so either. I, I think I think this it'll be a close red right? Um I think peop- like I said, people will be over in Nebraska. Could be close, but um not exactly sure. Uh, we'll, we will see. I don't, I don't think Minnesota is going to give Nebraska any problems. I think in the first half, especially when Maryland's slow starts have been bad on the road, for a team that's fresh in Nebraska that they, they probably won't be feeling much fatigue after only one game in the day after, um, it's, it's dangerous there. I think that's something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, let's go to the next day. This will be the quarterfinals on Friday. Um, obviously, there's no matchup set for this day, but assuming based on our picks, it would be Purdue – getting the winner of Rutgers or Michigan. We both pick Michigan. Do you have either of these teams? Do you have Michigan upsetting Purdue? What do you think?
1: No, I don't. I think I think Purdue, look, Purdue struggled a little bit 4-4 four and four after starting 22-1. and um, Torvik's got that great feature. You can use where You can see who's been the best teams in the country from said point. Um, since that first loss, Purdue's only been 27th best in the country. But, look, I, I think – Michigan and Purdue will compete. Um what did they only play once this year? Uh, Michigan won 75-70 on January 26th. Or right. yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I don't see Michigan being good enough even if it's a close game. Michigan hasn't proven that it's good enough down the stretch to take over those games because they had those chances in Indiana and in Illinois. Um, I think Purdue's going to start to hit their stride a little more, two wins to close the season, um, albeit close scares against Wisconsin, Illinois. That's just life. When you have the target on your back, Um, I I think Purdue gets it together and wins that game. Um, Did you ask me about that other game, Michigan state? No, no,
0: I I haven't. We haven't
1: gone there. All right. All right. Sorry. I got got a little ahead of myself. I I think, I think, I think Edie's going to have a good big 10 tournament here though for Purdue. Yeah,
0: I, I agree with that. I would say, I think this Purdue team is really fraudulent. I don't think they're winning this Big Ten tournament title, and I don't think they're making a run in March. You know, we we've seen the four and four in the last eight games for a reason. They've kind of been exposed based on, you know, the the game plan, the blueprint. If you have the personnel is out there to shut down Edie because he doesn't really have too much of a supporting cast. You have to make Purdue's supporting cast beat you, and most of the time they won't. And then that's kind of the formula for beating Purdue that we've seen a lot of teams have success with. I I would say Michigan isn't the team to upset Purdue in this tournament, but it wouldn't shock me if they did either. It wouldn't shock me if Purdue doesn't win a game in this tournament, but I'm not going to Purdue. I'm, I'm going Purdue to advance to the semifinals.
1: Yep, I think we're uh, we're on the same page there. Though, uh, Michigan, Michigan can give them a game.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with that. All right, so let's go to the next one. We got Michigan State, and we both have Iowa advancing. Michigan State, Iowa. Michigan State, I thought long and hard about winning this entire tournament, but it's it's, again – it's another team that hasn't put together consistent stretches throughout the season. You could say that about almost any Big 10 team is, you know, there's there hasn't been too many stretches where it's like, okay, this team looks like they're the best team in the conference. But I thought that for a second with Michigan State. I think they have the personnel. They go through some I mean, this last time Michigan State Iowa played was one of the best games of the season. It was obviously the the epic collapse um on Michigan State's part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was epic collapse on yeah, Michigan the, State's the, uh, part. The
1: Fran McCaffrey epic stare down that changed yeah, yeah, the that, course of the that, college
0: basketball season. That led to a crazy run. And Michigan State's offense was phenomenal in that game. Obviously, it was a high, very high scoring game. But Michigan State's offense most of the season has gone through serious lapses where there's like four or five six minute stretches that they just really struggle to score. So that worries me a little bit. But I think in this rematch, Michigan State would have a much better defensive game plan for Iowa. I got Michigan State beating Iowa, advancing to the semifinals to play Purdue.
1: Me too. I'm I'm with you on that that Michigan State thought process that I thought long and hard about and win the tournament. I uh, won't get into that winner prediction yet. Um, but yeah, I like Michigan State. Um, if one, two straight heading into the tournament, three or four, um, they're proven, you know, 12 combined um, quadrant one and quadrant two wins. And I think the thing with Michigan State and teams like that in the tournament environment, three-point shooting can be lethal. 40% from three. excuse me, the third best three-point shooting team in the nation. Um, Joey Hauser is shooting 46% from three this year. That is unbelievable. And this team could, you know, ride hot shooting to a Big Ten title, I think. So I I like Michigan State um, beating either Iowa, Ohio State, or Wisconsin. We both have Iowa there. Um, But I would expect another really high-powered offensive game. Um, And let's not forget, Michigan – should have won that game at Iowa. They were up what 13 in the final two minutes. Michigan and state, yeah, it was an epic com- collapse. Completely I mean, completely it was choked. I think, was, I think Michigan state would come ready to play if that rematch happened, Um especially with the double bye, Um I think Izzo is going to have his team ready to go. I like Michigan state there.
0: All right. So before we go to the bottom half of the bracket, we both have Michigan state Purdue. Who do you got going to the championship?
1: Michigan state, Michigan state. I, I agree. I don't like I, that. We
0: agree. But <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't like I don't like that. We agree either. Um, I think we're both of the mindset that we had to get an upset in there somewhere. Maybe go a little it's off, it's, off the map. Look, it's, Purdue. Purdue is still really good. They're for that. They, but
0: they I, think- I disagree. See, I disagree with that. I think they have a really good player. I think this Purdue team is not good. Like they're just not they're not They're. they're I will be shocked if they make it to the second weekend. I understand that they're going to be a two or one seed, Um, most likely a two seed. But I still would be shocked if they make it to the second weekend. I think this team is Easily beatable, and I think you've seen that down the stretch of the season. Like nobody's scared. Like Northwestern wasn't scared to play Purdue. Maryland wasn't scared to play Purdue. Yeah, it was on their home courts, but still, like I, this Michigan State team would get really physical with Zach Eady. Um, it's not the typical rebounding, offensive rebounding, physical Michigan State team that Tom Izzo's had in the past. But I don't think this Purdue team gets stops against Michigan State, and I I think they would find a plan to shut down Edie. I don't think this Purdue team is that good. I just don't. I've really railed against this Purdue team because I think they're really fraudulent. I got Michigan State going to the championship.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, look, I, I think I still think Purdue is good. I think they're, they've gotten their act together a little bit in um, this final stretch, winning three of their final four. However, I do like Michigan State better. I think Michigan State's playing good basketball. I think they'll have a better plan for E.D. Um, I admittedly did not watch the January 29th rematch, but that January 16th game we brought up multiple times to the podcast for Michigan State one by one. And they were only, you know, sending one man in E.D., I think. Those two games with the the tight loss at home and then the blowout at Purdue is'll be able to concoct some type of formula he's too good of a coach um to limit ED. and I'm with you those those opposing uh or excuse me those other weapons just are not good enough um fletcher lawyer thirty three percent from three Braden smith forty one percent from three he was on the all freshman team a really good player there i think he's he's a budding star uh not the biggest Fletcher lawyer guy. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't think Purdue has enough, especially if Michigan State shoots well. Michigan State's going to win that game. I, I'm, I'm with you there.
0: All right, so let's go to the bottom half of the bracket. Um, Northwestern's the two-seed. Easily could have been Maryland's two-seed, but it's Northwestern. And you got Northwestern play, playing Illinois in that quarterfinal matchup, and I got Penn State playing Northwestern. Do you see an upset there?
1: I, I haven't gotten that far, but I think – I think that either one of those teams could beat Northwestern. I'm not sure if they will. I think the time off will help for Northwestern. The double by certainly deserve Northwestern did limp a little bit into that number two seed, which is crazy to say for a school like Northwestern getting the number two seed and still playing poorly in the season. Northwestern was 11 and five, lost three in a row, got that win at rockers, a big win, but three or four losses to end the season uh, finished 12 and eight in conference. I think I think I'm actually yeah I'm going to call the shot I think either I think Illinois is going to beat Northwestern cuz Illinois is my pick there. Um Illinois is more talented. Um Illinois is going to be, you know, obviously a, a big rivalry whenever those two teams meet. Um and what was Northwestern lost to Illinois on the road already. Um and they beat them at home. So they split. It's a rubber match between those two. I I like the more talented team there, which I think is Illinois um in that situation. And look, Northwestern is secured whether they lose to Illinois in that game or Penn State in that game, it's not going to change the seed line in the tournament. It's not going to change anything. They just won't be going to the Big Ten semifinals, which is completely fine. Northwestern has had a great uh, great year. I think their success is probably sustainable for a win in the tournament depending on a draw, um, but I like Illinois to beat Northwestern and, and head to the semis there.
0: Yeah, I agree that if it's either, either Illinois or Penn State, I'm going to favor them in that matchup. I don't think um... – this Northwestern team, despite there being a 2C, despite Chris Collins having a great season, which we talked about earlier in this entire Northwestern team, I think they're very beatable. Um, And I, I think this team doesn't win a game in the, in the Big Ten tournament. Of course, it wouldn't shock me if they beat Illinois or Penn State, but I got that's a really good 7-10 matchup. Like I said earlier, that Penn State-Illinois matchup, I think either of those teams could eat the semifinals. Penn State and Northwestern played really recently, and it was at Northwestern when Penn State hit that game winning three. It was a phenomenal game. The entire game is back and forth. I think it would be a similar type of feel for a game, but I think Penn state could upset them again. So I have Penn state going in the semifinals. I am just like, I'm sure. Was that, was, that was that
1: an on the fly prediction, by the way? I know you had Penn state in that first round. Did you realize until this moment that you'd, you'd have Penn state in the big 10 tournament semis?
0: No, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> I think I'm just looking at this bracket, I but, like,
0: but I also like, here's the thing we we keep talking about. Like, I can't have Northwestern, despite them being a two seed, and they played good ball most of the season, even though they're reeling down the stretch. I can't have Northwestern being in the in the Big Ten semifinals either. Like it's that's the thing. Like I, it was someone was talking about it the other day. I think it was Rob Dowster on the field, one of the field of sixty eight things. Like if a eleven or twelve or double, 10 seed or a double digit seed makes the Big Ten tournament semifinals or finals or even wins this thing, is anyone going to be surprised? Like no. Like I'm not going to be surprised if North, if Penn State beats Northwestern at all. They beat them already. Like nobody's that much better than anybody else from the two seed to the ten seed. So it's not like yeah, that wasn't on the fly prediction, but I, like it wouldn't shock me at all that that's that's a really even matchup. I don't even know who would be favored necessarily because the seating means nothing to me. Like these teams are all separated by a game. Like the seating, they, they, they the seating means nothing to me. So yeah, I got Penn State in the Big Ten semifinal.
1: Yeah, I I respect it. I love it. All right,
0: let's go to the Maryland-Indiana game. Um, Really tough draw for Maryland. I think this Maryland team was capable of making a serious run, and if they had a different path, even against Purdue towards that top, if they were like an eight seed um, towards that top of the bracket and they had to play Purdue in this round, I would be confident in Maryland making a run. I mean, we're going to talk about who we have winning this thing, but I have Indiana winning the Big Ten tournament this year. And I think Indiana's the best team in this conference. I think they're the most talented team in this conference. I think they're playing good basketball. And I don't see Maryland knocking them off uh, in the quarterfinals, especially when Maryland's coming off. You know, Maryland plays really fast. We talk about it all year. They play fast. If they're going to be successful, they're going to be pressing at a high rate. They're going to be tired. Like, they just are. And when they're playing the night before, and then they're playing less than 24 hours later, it's going to be tough, and Indiana is going to be well-rested. Maryland beat Indiana the only time they played this year, but it was in College Park. Maryland's a, whether it's neutral, road, or at home, Maryland is a completely different team at home or away from College Park. So I don't see Maryland beating Indiana again. They did a great job doubling Trace Jackson Davis all game. Julian Reese had a phenomenal game defensively against him, and it was a sound game plan. They also were doubling Race Thompson a lot. They had a great game plan. I think Indiana can kind of exploit their game plan and go back and watch that film a little bit. I'm going to take the more talented team off a day of rest. I think Indiana beats Maryland um, in the quarterfinals, and it's Indiana-Penn State in the in the semifinals.
1: Yeah, this is, this is kind of a brain pick for me. I, I just don't see Maryland beating Indiana twice um, without losing to them this season. Um, I don't know why. I think it would just be hard for me to make that pick. Um, Maryland does rank higher in Ken by 10 spots. So Maryland will be favored to open up that game um if it happens. Um, but I, I would expect that that line and, and people to kind of favor Indiana after that. I think it could be one of those situations similar to what I mentioned with Nebraska, if Nebraska can pull it off against Maryland. Let's say Maryland wins that game. Maryland has, I think, the advantage of they won't be fatigued yet and they might have momentum from playing the day before, can carry it over to a quick start. And you know, on neutral floor, or in away games, excuse me. I mean, we really haven't seen Maryland have fast starts. Um, that Penn State game was kind of the exception, um, where Maryland went down seven two and then rattled off a, a crazy run. Um, I I like Indiana, but I think it's going to be a really close game. Like, I, I think this could be if Maryland and Indiana play the rematch. I, I think it could be a one point down to the wire type game. But um, with my brain here, I'm I'm picking Indiana.
0: Yeah, like like you said, it's going to be hard for me to. To pick Maryland to beat a more talented Indiana team twice in a season, who has the best all-around player in that matchup, Trace Jackson Davis, who Willard's praised all season. Um, I, I really thought this team, and I still think it's possible that they can they could make a run to somewhere towards the finals, but they just got a tough draw. And look, yeah. if they beat, if they beat um Penn State in the last game, they don't have this draw. But facing Indiana, who I think is the best team in this conference, and I think is going to win the conference in the second round, or excuse me, in the quarterfinals. That's just tough. And so I got Indiana. So all right, so let's finish this up. You have we both have Michigan State in the championship. I got Indiana Penn State in the semifinals. You have Indiana, Illinois, I believe, right?
1: Yep. Indiana, Illinois.
0: Yeah, I already said it. I mean, I just talked, gave a whole rant about Indiana and how good how good I think they are. I got Indiana in the championship, and then I got Indiana beating Michigan State uh for the Big Ten title this year. All
1: right. So we got the same final. Um I got Indiana beating Illinois as well, I think. Illinois will probably be running out of gas then. Um, And and I think Trace Jackson Davis will will have his way with that uh, Illinois front court. um, Dane dangers a big body, but uh, and and Coleman Hawkins, obviously a very good player as well. I think Trace Jackson Davis will be by far the best player in that game though. And and have his way on semifinal Saturday, if that happens. And I think Michigan state uh, will win the big 10 tournament. I didn't really have this realization until today, but look, I like this team. Uh, number seventeen team in the country since February first. I think Tyson Walker is a different player this year at point guard for Michigan State than he was in his first year last year coming over from Northeastern. Um, I like him, Joey Hauser, AJ Hogard, um, guys who can you know really shoot the ball, make a make an impact with their playmaking as well. Um, I don't know. I I think I'm I, I kind of fell for this Michigan State team a little bit. I uh, wanted to be a little bold with the prediction. Didn't want to give something too chalky here. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, Michigan State's my pick. Um, excuse me, Hogarth at the point and then uh, Tyson Walker at the shooting guard. Sorry, I, I missed that one up there. I think the key here for Michigan State is they're going to need something from Malik Hall, kind of the uh, the up and down uh, senior player for Michigan State has looked like a star at times and then has come off the bench for most of the season and, and kind of nodded others. Um, so I think he's going to be the X factor there. Um, I just think Michigan State finds a way to get it done. It, it's hard It's hard for me to actually go in and, and give you the X's and O's of the game that only has what like a five percent chance of happening or something like that um in the title but uh look i got i got in i got michigan state i, I like this team i think they're uh they'll be clicking at the right time heading into chicago
0: yes yeah, so you got michigan state i got indiana um let me just read the the odds we didn't give that crazy picks out here of the odds of the uh, according to DraftKings to win the big 10 tournament title purdue is by far the favorite at plus at 160 but we neither of us see that any value in that we think like we've said many times, we think they're a little fraudulent. They're not going to win this tournament. And then Indiana is the second favorite at plus 450. That's who I have. And then the third favorite is Michigan State at plus 600. So I have the second favorite winning, and, and you have the third favorite winning. Um, and then Maryland's plus 700 as the fourth favorite. And then it's Northwestern plus 950. Illinois plus 1,200. Iowa plus 1,600. Michigan plus 1,800, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Maryland has the best, excuse me, the fourth best odds. Um, to win the Big Ten tournament. That Indiana-Maryland game is going to be a phenomenal game, assuming Maryland gets by Nebraska or Minnesota. But if Maryland beats Indiana, I think they're certainly going to the finals, and I could see them winning it. Um, Like, this Big Ten, is the, the tournament's going to be like the regular season. You don't know what's going to happen. You just don't. Every game is going to be so chaotic and so wacky, and there's going to be so many upsets, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, so my prediction is Indiana and yours is Michigan State. But Maryland, if they beat Indiana, they can make a run. Penn State could make a run to the championship. For all we know, Minnesota could make a run to the championship.
1: No, I'm, um, I'm going to stop you there.
0: No, I no, I'm kidding. That's ridiculous. But 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 pretty much everyone else except Minnesota. Um, it's going to be a crazy week in Chicago. We're flying out tomorrow night. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night. We're flying out tomorrow night on Wednesday night. We'll be there all day Thursday. Of course, Maryland right. plays the last game of the day on Thursday, and then we'll be there as long as Maryland's in it. I think the plan as of now. Um, we didn't really talk about this since the schedule came out because. We're gonna, it's going to be late game, so we're going to be at the United Center in Chicago until pretty late at night. But I think the plan as of now is to do um, either that night or the next morning, do a mini-podcast episode kind of just breaking down Maryland's game and the rest of the Big Ten bracket as a whole um, every day that Maryland plays in it, I believe. So certainly after Thursday night and then probably after Friday. Um, it'll probably be released the next morning, but we'll play that by ear. But just stay tuned for all that stuff coming out later in this week. Um, it's going to be a fun week in Chicago. Yep,
1: no doubt. Uh, I want to drop one final piece of Intel for the uh, Maryland fans worried about the single buy. We'll say out of the last five big 10 tournaments, so dating back to 2017, because the 2020 tournament didn't happen, the seed winners, number five, Iowa, number two, Illinois, 2019, number one, Michigan state, 2018, number five, Michigan and 2017, number eight, Michigan. So three teams under four. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah Sounds- yeah I, I will
0: say that I think this year it's harder just because we haven't seen many teams put together long stretches of of dominant play and that's why I think this year's harder because so many teams are so even it's not like like yeah one team is going to get hot and go on a great run and you could see that coming from the first day or even the second day of the tournament but it, you know every team is so even and and the, any team could beat any team on any given night it it, it would be I think it's going to be tough for a team playing on Thursday to win but if I was gonna pick a team from that day, it would certainly be Maryland. I'm with you, Maryland or
1: Iowa, one of the, one of those two.
0: Yeah. All right. But we'll stay tuned, and we'll we'll be heading out to Chicago tomorrow, and we'll talk to everyone in the coming days. Stay tuned to our coverage all week. It's, it's the most fun time of the year.